Well, we've seen on the news a lot of media coverage on the issue of sports athletes, some of them superstars, who have allegedly engaged in abusive behavior uh, in the past, uh, including when they were students. Uh, The highest profile case right now uh, involves these uh, twin V-League superstar sisters and also athletes from other sports as well. So this has now uh, brought about another nationwide conversation on the issue of abuse in the sports industry. Uh, We should point out that uh, school violence, abuse uh, of uh, people who are in senior positions to their juniors is something that happens in almost every sector here in Korea, and it is, quite bluntly, a big stain on Korean society right now. It does seem like there is a growing voice, though, that this can no longer be tolerated. The question is, what can we do to uh, change the situation, or is change even possible uh, with traditions that have been entrenched for generations, maybe even thousands of years. Uh, Joining us to give us his analysis on the situation, at least in the sports world, we are pleased to be joined by our regular uh, sports pundit from Yonhap News Agency, Big Yu Yu Ji Ho. Hello. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Uh, We thank you very much for joining us. And really, uh, you're the best guy to talk about this as uh, you are uh, someone who's uh, covered these issues in the past and obviously uh, being the foremost uh, uh, English language uh, Korean sports reporter here. We're looking for some Stephen A. Smith hot takes uh, from you. Uh, when, when, as, as we continue this conversation over the next uh, 20 minutes or so. First, though, Big U, let's talk about that recent scandal involving the Twins uh, in the V-League world. Uh, obviously, we talk about this uh, being a, a sort of high-profile case, but really more of a symptom of a wider disease that's been spreading. Can you uh, start us off with an update on the volleyball situation and also how it sort of brought about this uh, Me Too snowball effect with other allegations? Yeah, sure. Well, first off, uh, thanks for having me this morning on this topic. And uh, we touched upon the volleyball scandal briefly, I think, during the sports segment last Friday. Mm-hmm. So no updates on that, on those fronts with the twin sisters, E.J. Young and Ida Young of Hong Kong Life, still uh, sidelined, uh, banned for the rest of the season by their club. And also on the men's side, Song Myung-gun and Shin Jung-sup for the OK Financial Group on the, in, the, in the men's V-League also uh, will miss the rest of the year. And also uh, a couple of new developments on involving other figures in the V-League. Uh, Yi sang the head coach of KB Insurance on the men's side, uh, will not be on the bench for the rest of the season. Uh, this past week, uh, he you know, was during one of, these, uh, one of those uh, pregame uh, press uh, conferences where he said a few words that seemed to exonerate himself of you know, past wrongdoings, meaning hmm. he had been involved in some uh, bullying scandal himself. Uh, he had been uh, actually suspended for beating up one of the national team players when he was an assistant coach on the national team back in 2009. And that uh, high-profile victim at the time happens to be current Capco star player Park Choru. And when Lee Sang-yeol said those words, uh, uh, they seemed to sort of, I guess, uh, again, ex- ex- exonerate himself from yeah. uh, the past. And Park Choru uh, was uh, visibly upset. Uh, he had his own press conference after one of his matches and uh, talked about Lee Sang Yeol's uh, past, uh, uh, some of the I guess you know abusive behavior, and Lee Sang Yeol in response said, uh, you know what, I'm just not going to be a distraction to the team and not going to coach anymore for the rest of the season. And one other player in the main league, Park Sang Ha from Samsung Insurance, uh, is facing allegations of, allegations of uh, bullying from his school days. Uh, he's in denial. The team is still investigating the claims uh, put forth by one of his former teammates from school in terms of. Uh, he's only pulling uh, 
behavior from the school days. And we've also seen some uh, cases uh, in other sports, namely baseball and the KBO. Uh, one Hanwha Eagles player uh, is being accused of uh, bullying mm-hmm. back in uh, elementary school. Uh, the team has not been able to confirm all these allegations. Uh, they're going to even actually consider filing defamation suit against the person who raised the allegations online. So, uh, you know, I'm afraid this will not be the last we hear about bullying and abuse yeah. involving athletes, uh, whether they're popular top name figures or they're uh, sort of, uh, uh, you know, fringe players. Uh, you know, this really should be a moment of reckoning in Korean sports. But at the same time, I think one negative side effect that can come out of this is all these false accusations. Uh, some of the people who are made opportunistic, who, you know, want to sort of, no, uh, Hawk and spotlight the headlines to themselves and yeah. uh, making these allegations that when, you know, they, ne- they may not be necessarily true. So the teams have to brace, I think, brace themselves for uh, some of these that, that might be coming up. Uh, you know, some people might be emboldened to, you know, dig up, go into the sort of the, the past parts of, parts of their lives that com- they may not be comfortable with. But at the same time, there might be some people out there who are just vicious and who might be accusing athletes of something that didn't react, they didn't really do. So, I, I just before we get more into the situation with, with the volleyball uh, yep. scandals, just taking a 30,000-foot view of this, as a long-time veteran sports reporter, Big U, and you've covered, um, let's be fair, you've covered a lot of scandals in your career. Let's, let's talk about, let's say, even like the match-fixing scandals, remember, from baseball mm-hmm. or, or mm-hmm. the big one that hit the KBL. Is there something different about this scandal? Do you think the nature of Me Too, where this kind of surfaces and brings to the, um, I guess, public more and more of these allegations that as they come out, people feel more emboldened to it, gives it a different dynamic than these match-fixing scandals, which largely kind of are relegated to, you got to find these bad apples, weed them out, and then uh, hopefully we can get the corruption behind us? Yeah, I think so. I think the times have changed um, in recent years. Uh, I think, you know, maybe even five, ten years ago, if something like this in volleyball had emerged, uh, I think people would have felt more comfortable. I don't know if comfortable is the right word, but yeah. I think people would have been able to kind of try to sweep this under the rug and, you know, kind of, hey, you know what, there's nothing to see here and just move on. Uh, I think they would have been possible uh, in the past. But now uh, I think the public is more aware of um, the problem, problematic nature of these things. Uh, they're less tolerant of abusive behavior. Uh, I think it has taken some high-profile cases of recent years mm. to raise the awareness. You talk about Shim Ki, the short track Olympic champion. Yeah. Uh, she was pretty courageous to step forward uh, with allegations against one of her national team, former national team coaches. And, and that coach, Cho Jebong, is in jail for, uh, after being convicted of uh, physical and sexual assault of her athlete, his athletes, including Shim Ki. And so it, it took something like that, I think, to really change the public's perception of, you know, abuses in sports. And, you know, you know not so long ago, uh, you know, corporate punishment and things of that nature used to be really taken for granted mm-hmm. uh, in sports, especially in school sports where, you know, I play school sports myself and, you know, we play, we play some practice games and, you know, I play baseball when we make some errors. And, you know, during the game, in the middle of a game, the coaches would, you know, call their players down to the dugout and basically beat them up for yeah. making a mistake during practice. And parents were making nothing of it because they thought it was just par for the course. And, you know, obviously they were no longer be tolerated. And I, I think that's the kind of change that we're seeing with abusing sports.
Yeah, and so you right, rightly point out, uh, I think, an apt anecdote in your own personal experience because it just was, is a part of, let's just say it, Korean culture, right? Where mm-hmm. if you are in a hierarchical organization, sometimes these kind of abuses happen, especially in the sports world. I mean, maybe not physical, but to some extent, you see in the media world too, they're notoriously hierarchical, right? If you start out as a cub reporter and you make your way out, we've all been through that, right? Where it's, it's just... It's a very, very uh, top-down um, yep. abusive system where a lot of that so-called, I guess, the, the term in Korean, the, a lot of the kapjil happens, right? Where you just have people in power abusing people who mm-hmm. don't have it. Um, Student-athletes, you get that. You get it in, in the school situations as well. These cases in volleyball also involve it uh, among teammates. And I guess there are dynamics with senior and juniors as well. Um mm-hmm. But some of the cases are people of the same age. Why are these things happening? Well, for me, uh, it comes down to the sense of entitlement for some of the top athletes. Mm. Uh, you know, this is where really the win at all costs mantra comes into play. When you look at the volleyball twins, uh, when they're in middle school, uh, they're the best players on the team. Yeah. And they were helping their team win the championships in national tournaments. And with that, you know, obviously the important part of, parts of the team so they could do a lot of things and get away with it. Uh, you know, their coaches and parents, you know, wouldn't dare say a word uh, to the twins when they're, you know, when they probably knew what was going on, harassing their teammates, their juniors, and whatnot, because they needed those the, those players on the on the floor on the court uh, because they're winning tournaments and trophies and all that, right? So mm-hmm. I think we see these examples in other sports when when you're good, uh, you you're helping the team win, you're helping. Uh, you know, secure the, uh, improve the job security for the coaches. They can get with get, they can get away with a, a lot of stuff. Uh, we saw in in baseball recently with the uh, NC Dinos uh, made their first round pick, a uh, former high school pitcher Kim Yoo Sung, and they found out you know he had a history of um, physical and verbal abuse in middle school, mm. and uh, you know they decided not to sign him. And when he was available for the uh, later draft, and teams didn't touch him. Uh, with the Kyum Heroes pitcher Anu Jin, uh, again, one of the top high school pitching prospects in his draft year. He was drafted in the first round, but they found out later that he had been you know, abusive against his teammates in high school. But you know what? Uh, he was able to do that for three years in high school, maybe two years in high school, because he was, a, he was their best pitcher. Uh, yeah. They couldn't touch him because, you know, obviously they needed him to win tournaments and all that. So that system itself uh, is pretty problematic because, you know, everyone is, so intent on winning games, and you know it comes at often at the expense of you know mental and physical health of other some of the lesser players on the team. Right. So if your top guy is a jerk, you're gonna just let him be a jerk, right? Because yeah, pretty much that so. guy's gonna get you wins, and so we'll just uh, kind of uh, look the other way. It's it's almost like let's say a situation like Kawhi Leonard being a superstar and being allowed to load manage when the rest of his team has to play, <laughs> right. but that times ten, right? With with um, I don't think Kawhi's abusing his teammates and physically beating them or anything like. Well. No, I, I doubt that. Not. Highly. Yeah. 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 Okay. So whenever these incidents happen, we always mm-hmm. see then the leadership, the officials offer mea culpas, talk about how they don't tolerate this. The president and the sports mm-hmm. bureaucrats say, oh, we're going to get, going to crack down. We're going to make sure this never happens again. They're all making the similar type of noises right now um, when you look at the volleyball situation and the other sports. We go back to the match fixing. That's the same thing that happened. Did it get rid of it? Maybe, maybe not. It doesn't seem like much will change over the years, and that's a cynical view. But why is that? Yeah, I mean, it is a cynical view, but I think it's also, you'll be too naive to think that things will change overnight. Mm. And 
you know, I touched up on some of the cultural problems, some of the systemic problems, problems where, you know, basically schools want to win games and matches and, you know, athletes, student athletes want to go pro or at the very least, they want to go to a prestigious, uni- prestigious university. Yeah. And to do that, they've got to win. And also, uh, you know, they've got to have some playing time in cases of place like uh, uh, sports like football. You've you got to be on the field to, you know, to have scouts to see you play. And the coaches have all the rights to control the playing time of the athletes, right? So the, some of the athletes are basically at the mercy of their coaches. And when you know, coaches are abusive and all that, the athletes really can't say anything about that because their coaches control pretty much their future, whether it's in the pros or in the, in, in the collegiate athletes, uh, athletics. So this is really this is a systematic, systematic problems. And if you wanted to change that, I think you could take overhauling of the entire elite sports system in the country. And they could in the long term, could come at the expense of maybe winning some medals at the Olympic Games in Asian Games. And, you know, Korea, we as a country take a lot of pride in the number of medals won at these competitions. Uh, you know, take pride in the fact that we finish in the top 10 all the time in summer and winter games, and not a lot of countries can do that in both competitions. And that's just too much pressure on the amateur athletes and young athletes to p- perform. And, again, it comes at the sacrifices of, you know, perhaps their physical and mental health. And, you know, if you want to make school athletics less competitive, I think there might be the step to do it. Uh, you, you know, again, but it would probably come at the expense of uh, performances at the Olympics and Asian Games. And there's, there are going to be people in sports who will not be able to tolerate that. Uh, so, you know, when you hear bureaucrats and political leaders talk about let's change sports, uh, let's get rid of this win at all cost, win, winning over everything mantra, and then you're going to inv- inevitably hear from the sports figures that, oh, you know what? That might mean that we're not going to win as many medals in the Olympics as before. You know, are you guys are going to be able to handle that. So it's always the back and forth uh, between the two sectors. And uh, But, you know, something's got to give it some point. So you just got to kind of, you know, grit your teeth and just, you know, go for sweeping changes and, you know, make, maybe make school sports less competitive uh, to allow for, uh, I guess, uh, less abusive environments. Yeah, and that's something the wider public has to wrestle with themselves, right? They are showing zero tolerance for this kind of behavior. They're demanding changes take place. But you ask that wider public again, hey, that might mean we are not going to win as many gold medals. We're going to fall behind Japan in the medal standings of the next uh, international uh, Olympics or other major gathering. They might have a different uh, outlook after that, right? And so Mm -hmm. it's a tug of war that we see. Overall, what do you think we can do about these problems? And do you see, I mean, we're being cynical, but you said you don't want to be naive. Is there any hope? Well, for me, the hope is the current generation of the coaches and the athletes will, you know, see these developments, uh, see these uh, news articles that are coming out of now of the volleyball and other athletes. And, you know, the the hope is they realize corporate punishments and verbal abuse aren't the ways to go. You really, you know, you talk about all these uh, rhetorics and all that, but it's ultimately up to the people on the field, right? Mm-hmm. The coaches and the athletes and even their parents, uh, the, the um, grown-ups you know, that are around these young athletes, they have to take the initiative. Uh, I think, you know, they're going to have to realize if they beat up on the athletes if, or if they're abusive against the teammates, they're going to pay the price for it. Uh, and hopefully uh, these penalties that you see 
you know, indefinite suspension leaves a lot of room for interpretation. Uh, it just might mean that they might be able to come back next year to some of these athletes. So either way, I mean, you know, if the current athletes and the coaches see these penalties and all that, hopefully they might act as deterrents, and hopefully they'll be able to step step forward and try to break the chain of, uh, I guess, you know, these decades of abusive uh, history in, in Korean sports. The idea that this can be swept under the rug probably is not a thing. But as you mentioned, it's very vague as to even the twins, what their mm-hmm. fate will be. This is not the Pete Rose um, death penalty type of uh, ban, permanent ban from the sport, right? And so uh, when you say indefinite ban, as you say, does that mean two months? Does that mean two years? Does it mean two decades? And they can always ply their trade overseas. So it's not like mm-hmm. there won't be demand for their services being elite athletes. Uh, certainly that is the luxury that they have. However, for the fans themselves, and again, we mentioned this desire to win and uh, the idea that your team that you root for has to win and has to have the best players. Maybe you overlook some of these things, and sometimes that results in some of your favorite athletes being given a second chance. We've seen countless times of, let's say, a DUI arrest resulting in a guy getting a redemption or a a gambling scandal, right? Uh, uh, Serving a suspension and then coming back and then they do good things and the fans are uh, rooting for them once again. Meaning that redemption should be part of the picture and you should be able to have that opportunity. However, what is going to happen with these sisters? Do you think um, ultimately we are going to be seeing them, let's say, play in the Turkish League? Well, you know, in terms of the redemption, I think it's too soon. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a second chance guy, to be honest. Yeah. I'm, I'm a second chance guy. I don't mind, you know, people coming back from whatever personal demons that they you know, had to deal with. Uh, but obviously, it's too soon. Uh, I've already heard talks about these twins possibly going going overseas because there will be no restrictions of them yeah. playing uh, in, in in another another country. But there will be terrible optics at this point. A bit too soon, right? Um, but you know their fan clubs are already clamoring for their returns, uh, and okay, that's too soon also. So, you know, when when is the right time? That's a difficult question to answer. But uh, for me, just because of the visibility, just because of the profile of this case, I, I think you have to really make an example out of this case and really come down hard on these twins and you know sort of have them serve as deterrents for uh, you know the current coaches and coaches and athletes and make sure they realize they're going to pay the price like the twins if they get into any trouble. So, again, again, I'm a second-chance guy, but mm. I don't know if I'll be ready to give them the second chance uh, at this point. It, it will be too soon to do so. Yeah. I mean, the twins themselves might feel aggrieved. Like, why us? There are tons of other people who do the same thing. But as you yeah. say, this is really more of a symbolic kind of um, uh, kind of inflection point in Korean sports history, and I guess that's the important thing to to keep in mind of, as you say, uh, for hopefully a precedent, a positive precedent uh, being set going forward. All right, uh, Biggie, we're out of time, but as always, uh, thank you very much. Always appreciate the in-depth analysis. I'm glad we have a chance to do this uh, from time to time, uh, aside from our regular uh, sports segments. So again, thank you again for all the hard work, and we will uh, talk to you again soon. Appreciate it. Sure. Thanks for having me today. That was Yuji Ho from the Yanop News Agency. We are going to take one more break. We'll be back in part four of the program. Radio Salon is up next after our final check of traffic and weather.